I am a bully, and I'm ready to bully you. Bully me. Bully me. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 12 of Doubly Negative. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, okay, so as always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Hey. I want to first take a second to apologize. The audio was awful last time and it's because it was Cinco de Mayo I had a little bit to drink and I was recording through my headset mic which is garbage compared to the mic I bought for podcasting so it sounds absolutely awful so if you listen to the whole thing thanks you're a real trooper if not I understand but you sounded the same I sounded absolutely awful and I hope it doesn't happen again. Really? Yes. I'm surprised to hear that because having the call with you, I didn't really notice anything. Well, I probably changed my microphone settings in Discord, but not Audacity. And that's the important thing. Really? You need to hear me through the podcast mic that I bought, not my headset. So you may have been hearing me through the podcast mic while the headset was the one that was picking up the recording. So it was absolutely awful. But I'm sure it's fine. If you listen to it, thank you. If not, I completely understand. But you should still download it so we get those numbers up. Thank you. Well, you were pretty drunk. Um, so if the listeners want to hear a drunk Chris, and I, th- I thought the conversation was pretty good. I think it's worth it. I think it flowed very well, and I was just slurring my words. That's usually how it goes, honestly. That's like kind of par for the course now. If I, The thing is, I know for recording, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll pick up some alcohol to loosen up a bit. And then... We don't record till super late now, so I'll be pretty fucking drunk by the time I hit this record button and I just slur all my words. And <laughs> it's not it's a nightmare. We might want to address your alcoholism. Nah, that's a problem. That's a f I'll figure it out. It's a it's a demon lurking there. And the listeners have uh I've gotten a lot of feedback, to be honest with you. I've gotten several messages asking me if you're okay, if you need some help. I appreciate the concern, but it's only when we record. So usually you know, depending on the week. So I'll drink when we record and usually keep drinking to the weekends. And that's about it. But, you know, like there are some times where, like, for instance, yesterday I came home. Oh, you know what? Speaking of yesterday, I have some news, but we'll talk about this after. I came home. I mowed the lawn. And for some reason, I think it might be just ingrained in male DNA, which is what I identify as. He, him. Sure. <laughs> Um, I mowed the lawn and I said, you know what? I'm going to have a beer. Do you know who you're reminding me of right now? And this is not a compliment. No, I, I don't think it is. In the podcast world. Oh, boy. In the podcast world. I know it's one we both listen to. Just take a guess. Oh, it's Burt Kreischer. That's right. <laughs> yep, I deserve a treat, as he always says. You know, I have my little treats throughout the day. I just want my treat. Yeah, no, I know exactly. I, I knew right away. No, I'm just messing with you. I've been drinking way too much, too. Yeah, but you're in Bali living it up. I'm just living a sad i wouldn't say sad but you know just typical existence no dude it's the same like it's if it's in your daily life it's your daily life and last night it wasn't like i was partying i was actually doing i I was writing for my new job and uh i was just like okay i'm gonna go to bed soon i should have some soju not sure why but i did you find excuses to have the soju yeah i love soju man i i've i probably paid more in soju dollars than i have in rent this month really so maybe it's time to address your alcoholism it's at the grocery store and it's like nine dollars and they have really good flavors and it's soju so easy to drink have you ever had it no you haven't no try it man you you can get it there and it's just like um it's a little bit stronger than wine and yeah it's really nice smooth all right, this sounds right up my alley. Yeah. I had some wine tonight. I don't know if people are going to be able to tell or not. Yeah, so I just admitted two nights in a row. Maybe I do have a problem. We just assume it at this point, dude. Oh, come on. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's only on nights we record or if I mow the lawn. On a serious note, do you find that it does have ramifications? Because for me, it was a, a little bit harder waking up today. And I'm not I'm not talking about I didn't drink a ton. I just had a couple glasses, but... It'll it'll hurt me a little bit today, and I, I do want to drink less in general. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even today, I woke up and I was like, ugh, I don't feel as good as I should. Not not the best. But tonight, I made a nice dinner, had a couple glasses of wine. So I was like, all right, I'm making a nice dinner. I want to make it a little romantic. We're going to have a nice glass of wine. Oh, a little romance. Yeah, a little, you know, trying to do something nice. But even this morning, 
I woke up and I was like, ah, eh, you know what? Maybe, nah, definitely don't want to drink anytime soon. And then by the end of the day, I was like, oh, you know, we're having steak, a nice filet. Like, maybe I should, we should have a glass of wine. Well, that's exactly the typical cycle, right? And that, that goes for food with me, too. Yep. You just rationalize why you deserve that or why it's okay at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your long-term brain versus your short-term brain. Your long-term brain knows you want to improve and it kicks in right after you've felt the consequences, whether that's a little bit of a hangover or you feel fat and you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get better. But then when you haven't had your drug of choice in a little while, your short-term brain kicks in and you say, ah, well, I just want to, yeah, let loose a little bit. And you regret it every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, oh, I'll get fast food, right? And I'm like, oh, I've been like really good for like a couple months now. Like Maybe I'll just get like a Big Mac because I love Big Macs. I go get the Big Mac, eat it, and the second it's done, I'm thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Like, Why did I do that? Yeah, and how many minutes of pleasure was it? Like, you, you could eat a Big Mac in two minutes probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, I just feel awful and I regret it every single time. But some people will say, that's toxic diet culture. It's like, no, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Yes. Some people can kind of do that and not feel bad about it, but I'm not one of them. And it doesn't sound like you are either. No, I feel awful about it. Like, I'll think about it for a while. Like, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and say, you're a piece of shit. You got to fast. And it's probably not the healthiest, but I mean... It's just how my brain works, and I don't think there's anything changing it. But when I was there, you were on a real kick. You were really consistent. Are, are you? Have you slacked off a little bit then, or are you talking about something that's pretty infrequent? I'm still pretty consistent. Training has dropped a little bit, but that's been for a few reasons. Um, one, which is what I said I wanted to talk to you about, I got vaccinated yesterday. Oh, congratulations. No, don't. Yeah. Do not. Well, it was forced or what? Why'd you do it? It wasn't forced. I got to a point where I had been asked so many times whether I had got vaccinated or not. And I said, fuck it. I'm just going to do this so I can just say, yes, I got vaccinated. Here are my anti-vaxxer jokes. And you know their jokes now because I have written documentation. Well, yeah, and, and audio documentation too. People that listened to the last episode know that this was the main topic of our discussion. Yeah, and it just it, it just really bothers me that people, like, I almost felt like bullied into it. Like, let me just say, like, I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means. I just felt like I didn't need to get it. So, I mean, there, there has been so many times where I, oh, did you get the vaccine? And I say, no. And when I say no, I feel guilt saying no. And I feel like the person's going to yeah. judge me for saying no. And I got so sick of that conversation that I said, okay, literally, I had a conversation yesterday. And I said, I'm done having this conversation. The second when it was done, I went, made an appointment, went, got the shot. Mm, wow. Like, it's just the whole, I, I just feel I, not bullied, but like kind of bullied into like, oh, get the vaccine. Because when I say no... I feel like the person on the other end of the conversation is thinking, okay, this guy wears a tinfoil hat that says MAGA on it, and I can't respect him at all. And it's like, well, that's not the case. I just haven't gotten it yet. Well, there's an interesting point to be made about, like, um, and I was actually making this point a long time ago about COVID, too. It's about, like, collective thinking, and most people... Okay, let's let's say you're in Rhode Island and everybody thinks the vaccine's a good thing. Everybody thinks a, the vaccine's a good thing. And they think that, for the most part, they think that's their own decision. But I, in my opinion, it's not at all because you just have to look at different areas. For example, like Texas and Florida have a lot different collective thinking. So those people tend to think the opposite way. And, and here, too... I don't get any of that. And it's not that my research has been different or my personal analysis is different. It's just where you live. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like the whole, like, uh, I guess maybe it's kind of like the religion thing based on where you are. That's how you'll feel or way you'll be brought, the way you'll be brought up. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It's like, okay, so around me, everyone thinks this is serious. This must be serious. Whereas if you're in a location where people are like, oh, no, it's like the flu or blah, blah, blah. That's that's what you're going to think, because that's mostly what you're hearing. If you don't watch the news, obviously, if you turn on 
some of the major news outlets, you're going to see, okay, this is what they're saying. This is this is what it is, depending on which side you choose. But like you said, like based on your area. Even your reaction to the news is based on the people you're in contact with. In general, the people that you interact with have so much influence on you. Like social conditioning is the main driver for most of our thoughts and actions. 100%. So yeah, if if you're if you're a Christian and you're 100% convinced in the Bible, or if you're vaccinated and you're 100% convinced in the in the vaccine, it probably has more to do with what other people think around you than your own thoughts and original original thinking. There there kind of is no original thinking in a way. No, because your thoughts and thinking that's a stupid thing to say. And your thoughts and thinking. <laughs> this is me just trying to stretch out time and. Your thoughts are shaped by those around you. It's like the nature versus nurture argument that I've brought up 50 times since we started exactly, this. But yeah. it's like you you just you get molded by the people you're around. Right. Even if you're not directly involved with these people, like they're not your best friends, but they're people you work with. You know, like it's And even if you go the other way, let's say you're deep in the heart of Texas where people think and I'm just making this up. I, this is what I kind of think is true. But I haven't researched it, but I think a lot of people in certain parts of Texas don't really buy into the the media at all. Like, right? And if if you're in there and you go on the internet and you do your own research and then you decide you're against it, that is still you seeking out other social conditioning because you haven't found your favorable social conditioning in your immediate area. So regardless of what you think, it, it's still coming from other sources, almost always. Yeah, and you can, like, even if it's subconsciously, you can continue to look for just something out there for the validation that just matches your thoughts that you don't think you have. That's basically what almost everybody is doing, except like a true scientist. And I don't even know if this exists anymore. Like a true scientist would pour over the data to find the true facts. But now in this age where there's more information than we know what to do with, I don't I honestly don't even know if that's possible anymore because you don't even know what data is real. I honestly like I, I it sucks because I'm at the point where any news article I read, I'm like, OK, so now I have to dig into this and see what the other side is saying about it. And I also have to see what neutrals are saying about it and then take all of those opinions and then form my own. It's impossible. It is basically impossible. And it just drives me up a wall because there's so much manipulation in media based on that network's bias. And it's just like, where do you get real news anymore? Yeah, and um, funny enough, you get the, the real news from whatever you think is the least biased source. And, and the least biased source is also a feeling of the general public. So for a while, I know like the BBC was considered pretty objective. I don't know if it still is. But the only reason I thought that was because other people I respected thought that. Exactly. And the people I respected, I I'm letting them think for me, basically. Like, oh, this is what they watch. I have a lot of the same opinions as them. Maybe I should also watch this. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to go it alone and truly make your own opinions, I I really don't know how you would do that. It's so hard. And this comes back to the free will thing we've been preaching since episode two or whatever the fuck it was. Mm. Like, do you actually form your own opinions? Do you have your own beliefs or is it just what you've been surrounded by the most? You know that I, I think it's what you've been surrounded by the most because even your search for information, it's still guided by what happened previously. Exactly. So, um, oh, sorry, you want to, you can go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was honestly just trying to, I was going to come up with something on the spot. So I'm glad you stepped in. Well, I was just going to transition. Oh, okay. Cause I know that, you know what, that's what I was going to transition to was a question that you had for me mm. prior to the podcast that I told you to save. And is that what you were going towards? Yes. Yes. So before the podcast started, we were having a little private discussion and uh, you told me you're in a situation right now where you feel comfortable. Yes. And, and that um, reminded me of a debate. Well, not so much a debate, but, a, but a, a long conversation that I used to engage in a lot on podcasts. And uh, it's this idea that in life, you can kind of have comfort or growth. You can't really have both um, in a specific area at the same time. So, for example, let's say you get comfortable at the gym and you've got your same routine. That's that's fine. But in the periods of growth, you're not really comfortable because you're pushing yourself. Exactly. And that's true for pretty much anything. 
So my, my question to you is, have you considered that paradigm of comfort versus growth? It is comfort what you want at this moment in your life. Uh, not that that would be a bad thing anyway. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's, I 100% agree where if you're comfortable, you're not growing. I forgot who said this, but it stuck with me. I probably should remember who said it so I could quote them. But they said comfortable people suck because they are okay where they are and they're not trying to grow and be better. So if I were to use an example, okay, married me was very comfortable. I wasn't getting haircuts regularly. I wasn't working out as much. I wasn't focused on my diet. The second I had issues and there was a split, I was like, I need to fix my diet. I need to look good. I need to take better care of my skin. I need to just be overall better than what I'm doing. So as nice as it is to be comfortable, if your end goal is to keep striving for new heights, then it's important to not be comfortable. But it's hard because you can fall into that very easily of just like, oh, I found someone. Oh, we're comfortable. We're doing this. We're doing that. And then you have new goals. So I think when you're comfortable and when you're not, your goals change. And I don't know if the goals change because of your comfortability level. Is that a word? Comfortability? No, it's just comfort. All right, I made it up. When your comfort level... <sighs> Jake, cut that out. No, I'm not going to do that. It's just when you're comfortable, your goals change, you know? Like you have what you want as far as like relationship, work. So you're going to focus on other things, right? But if something changes in that relationship, all of a sudden you have new goals you need to achieve. Okay, if I'm going to get this, I need to work at this. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, because... You could apply this paradigm to any number of areas in your life. You might be comfortable in your relationship, but growing in other areas. Yes. It would be truly dangerous, and I've been in this situation many times, if you've chosen comfort in all areas of your life, and then you're basically just atrophying, you're, you're dying slowly because you're not growing at all. And a lot of people think that if you're not growing, you, you can't stay the same. You're, you're always going to be moving forward or moving backwards. Uh, I believe that. So yeah, if you have chosen comfort in a given area, that's fine. And you, you can balance that out with growth in other areas. So would you say that's something you're doing right now? Or are you in danger of becoming too comfortable in general? Um, I mean, I've seen myself becoming more comfortable and slacking in other areas, but I'm recognizing that early. So like I've noticed Good. I'm not as inclined to go to jujitsu every day. Because it's like, oh, I mean, if I'm if I get a little fat, whatever, you know, but I'm recognizing that I'm doing that and I'm still punishing myself for it. But how do you not fall into that? Because I feel like this happens in almost every relationship. I would say like at least 75 percent of relationships, both people get comfortable and they're just like, OK, doing what they're doing. How do you not fall into that? I'm not sure. It, it, it always happens to me, too. It does. Yes. OK, I'm glad I'm not alone here because it is scary. Like in. As much as I recognize it's happening, it's a constant fear in my head. Will I be able to overcome this and keep pushing and going forward while also maintaining this other thing that I'm happy with? Because that's where the trouble comes in, right? So you're comfortable. All right. So we're going to use relationships, for example. You're comfortable in your relationship, right? Yeah. But you're still working on, we'll, we'll just use my life, for example, jujitsu, right? So in order to, for me to improve in jiu-jitsu, I need to go like three, four times a week. But in order to maintain this happy relationship that I have over here, I need to make sure I have time for dates and just spending time in general and just being present. So it's finding that happy medium is so hard. And it's something I've struggled with. My first thought is that you would need someone who is just as focused on improvement as you are. And then you, you could be pushing each other for your goals. But even then, it's so hard. Yeah. Is that realistic? Is it realistic? Because like, okay, so say I want to go to jujitsu three times a week. And this is during the week, Monday through Friday. Okay, I work nine to five or eight to four. Jujitsu starts at six. So the person that I'm with won't see me until nine o'clock when we're getting ready for bed cooking lunches, and then going to sleep, right? So we have two days at night. I have other hobbies as well. Video games, disc golf. I like disc golf on the weekends because that's the only time I can do it. That doesn't leave much time for 
that relationship. Right. So it's like there are things you might need to cut out that you don't want to cut out, but you have to weigh the positives and negatives of cutting that out or not cutting that out. You know, I, I always try to I always try to appear as a balanced guy on this podcast, but maybe it's time to lately my whole life. I've kind of leaned one way in this whole relationship thing. And lately I'm leaning even farther. I think relationships are bullshit altogether. Just bullshit altogether. But it depends on the person. Like there are some people no. that enjoy relationships. They enjoy being like just having that person. They suck. In your opinion. They suck. But in in someone else's opinion, they'll think the people that don't think they need a relationship suck. So it depends who you ask. Those people's opinions suck too. You know, you're sounding like the people that bullied me into getting the vaccine. I am a bully and I'm ready to bully you. Bully me. Bully me. Get rid of her. Get rid of all of them. They're, they're a waste of time. They don't do anything good. Okay, and you say that now, but when you're 60, right, and you know, you're not doing all these fun things that you used to do, because no other 60-year-olds are doing them, and you're alone. Then kill me. Ah, oh, it's sad, but not a bad idea. But not a bad idea. Is it sad, though? Because you know what? No, you know what? This is always the argument that people make if you say you don't want to be in a relationship. Well, what about when you're 60? What, what, what about when I'm 60? Why are we talking about some hypothetical thing 27 years in the future? That doesn't even make sense. Like, see, I understand the, the fear, but it's it's kind of bullshit. It's like, see, and I agree with you, even though I'm more of a relationship guy. Like, I that's just something I prefer. I understand that you might not be into it. It's something that I just, I, I like being in a relationship. But I agree with you when you say that argument is bullshit because it depends on every person's beliefs, you know, like, okay, well, when you're 60, well, guess what? I don't really care where I'm at when I'm 60. Some people do care where they're going to be at when they're 60. Some people have the goal of starting a family, doing this, doing that. Some people don't. So just fucking accept it. Right, right. It's not you. It's them. Let them do what they want. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to reel it back in a little bit. When I say relationships are bullshit, that's, kind of a ridiculous statement because relationships are everywhere. Me and you have a relationship, right? Yes. So obviously I am not against all relationships. However, the type of relationship that you've even outlined where you might have to give up your goals for compromise, that strikes me as death. Well, maybe you haven't found someone good enough to compromise your goals for. No, no, fuck you. <laughs> because you're... On any given night when you want to be going to jujitsu, but you have to go to some bullshit dinner that you're not even interested in, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking about heel hooks, you're thinking about heel hooks, but she's pattering on about what happened at work, or she's gossiping about her fucking idiot friends, and you're sitting there, and you know you're sacrificing your dreams, that is bullshit, and I don't like it. I agree, but okay. So my... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I see what you're. I see what you're saying. But okay. So the yes, dear, yes, hon. Fuck that. I what, don't like that. What do I have a better chance of becoming a great husband and a great father and a great family man, or becoming ADCC champion? I'm I'm rooting for you in the ADCC personally. Yeah, but it's not likely. I'm I'm 29 going on 30. See, my time has passed for me to be good. At anything athletically, I can just be okay, all right? So those dreams are dead. If I wanted those dreams, they should have started years ago. Those are gone. Okay, let me reframe what I'm talking about in a little bit different of a way because this is something that, okay, I'm talking about selfishness, yes, but it's also kind of being true to yourself. And the argument that I want to make here is if your true desire on a given night is to go to jujitsu, but you don't and you do it out of compromise, you might think you're doing something good for the relationship and, and she might too, but you might be you might be sacrificing a little bit of what makes you you. And I'm wondering, even in that same relationship, you can keep that same relationship. What if you just put your foot down a little bit harder and said, no, this is what I'm going to do. You might piss her off a little bit in the moment, but maybe she'd respect you more as a man. I don't know. And it depends. On, it's, it, it varies person to person because there are some people that don't like when their counterpart puts their foot down. 
You know, and it's like, okay, he's becoming too, like, bossy. He does whatever he wants. That's the problem. I can't deal with it anymore. And Up to a point, though. Yeah, but you as a person has to balance the risk-reward of, okay, if this works, I get to do what I want to do more often. If it doesn't work, I lose the person I love. Yeah, yeah, it is a risk. So it, 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 it depends person to person because that could work out perfectly for you. Or it could work out and you're alone. And one of your goals is to be in a relationship, start a family, and now that's gone. And now you have to start over again. So it all depends on each person's goals. It, it, it just varies. Like it's- I, th- I think you're right about that. And when I, when, I, when I view this from a different angle, I'm seeing the two, okay, the two risks, the worst case scenarios. Okay, one, you're alone. Or two, you end up becoming this people-pleasing sack of shit in a relationship. And for me, that is way scarier than being alone. But are you people-pleasing or are you just doing what you can to make the person you love happy? You're doing what she wants. I mean, I don't know if it's in every instance, but it's not – because that person is also doing what you want at times as well. And that's something important to remember. Okay, that's a a great stimulus. And that's where the compromise comes. Like, okay, she does this for me. I can do this for her. So it's – it's In what instance – because for me, my version of whatever, like an ideal relationship, I'm not really going to be controlling who I'm with at all. And I don't really, I don't want her to sacrifice anything. If she wants to become a jujitsu champion, I want her to go after it. So what does that mean to you? G- give me an example of something she might compromise for you in this hypothetical situation. Of course, we're not talking about anyone real. <laughs> um. Fuck. So I, the problem is with guys and girls is that girls don't have fucking hobbies. I'll just come out and say it. You guys don't do anything. Preach. You don't have hobbies. So when guys have hobbies, you're like, well, what am I going to do when he's not here? Well, figure it the fuck out because I got hobbies and I want to do those hobbies. That's the problem. That's the fucking problem. Preach. If girls had hobbies, the divorce rates would fucking plummet. <laughs> That's, I honestly think so. You might be right. Because I feel like for the most part, guys don't give a shit. Like, oh, you're going out with your friends? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Whatever. I'll just play video games or just do literally anything else. I sleep next to you every night and wake up to you next every morning. There is a big caveat. And this is the one big hobby that many girls have that we don't like. If your hobby is going out and being a whore, that's not a great hobby. In my no, opinion. That's, the only, great- that's the only hobby a girl can have that I don't like. <laughs> That's literally the only hobby, yeah. That's the one hobby I ask you not to have. Yeah. How about you go dance? You go, I don't know, see some sights with your friends. But the problem is girls don't have friends either because they all talk shit about each other and they all get in fights. But no, it's true. Like, if girls had hobbies, divorce rates would plummet and everyone would be happy. Because I feel like for the most part, this is probably going to sound super sexist. Do not care. It does, but go ahead. It's just... Guys like to go out and hang with their friends, right? They don't hate their friends because they don't constantly talk shit to their other friends about those other friends. They also have hobbies. Disc golf, jujitsu, video games, right? What do girls do when they're alone? They'll watch shows. You know, the shows dry up. And it's just, if if they had more hobbies, all the world's problems will be solved. Because for the most part, guys don't give a shit. Like I was saying earlier, go with your friends. Oh, that's cool. If they had hobbies that they had to go to, obligations on a weekly basis yeah go ahead that's fine and if for the most part yeah and but if you're a guy and you do give a shit and you get mad when they want to go out with their friends you're a scumbag kill yourself like what are you doing well that's the that's what i was just about to say and i have you know i've been meeting new girls i have heard that story several times like the the reason that their last relationship didn't work out was because um the typical gender well i don't know the the, the gender roles that we're discussing right now where the the guy goes out and does stuff and the girl wants him to stay home that does get reversed in many cases and there are a lot of guys out there like the ones you just described there are a lot of guys that uh, according to what i've heard they'll say no you can't go out tonight i I don't want you going out tonight so it's not necessarily always a male female thing no not at all but it is uh yeah it is a thing though and I don't know whether that's extreme codependency. I think that's what it sounds like to me is like some sort of abandonment issues and extreme codependency. Like, don't go out. I want you here. Like, why? I'll be here later. I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. Why? Like, I'll be here. Why? 
Oh, dude, yeah. I don't. It, I really like, don't understand it, it. it. I think it's a fear of abandonment. I think that's what it is. I think it's like he's leaving me right now. Maybe he's gonna leave me forever. Who knows what's gonna happen when he goes outside the house. Right. So I know it's not that easy and I, I know I'm simplifying it and it comes from stuff in the people's past that I couldn't even begin to comprehend. But from my eyes, I see it as everything's going to be OK. Get over it. You like uh, Hannibal Burris? Um, I don't really know much about him. I've seen some of his stuff and what I've seen I've liked, but um, I haven't really watched much of his stuff. No, I can't can't say that. He's got this great bit. Um, I'm not going to try to deliver it like a joke or anything, but the, the the premise is that it's a similar situation we're talking about. Like he's out with his friend and his girlfriend's getting pissed off and she poses the question to him like, how would you feel if I was out with my friends all night? What would you do? And he says, I would play video games and celebrate your absence. <laughs> it's too funny. And it's kind of true. It's true though, right? <laughs> think about every like, I mean, for people like me and you, it's like, oh, I'm going out with my friends tonight. I immediately think I have plenty of time for FIFA. Like I have nothing to worry about for at least a couple hours. Like this is my time. Yeah, that's great. And I don't know why even people with abandonment issues, like do you not value your time? People have like their me time. And I think it's so sad when people say, oh, my me time is when I drive home from work and it's in the car and I'm commuting. It's like, that's that's not me time. That's just you not having any obligations because you're in the process of going to your other obligations. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that could be viewed as like an introvert, extrovert thing. But, but either way, what we're talking about is basically having your own life and doing stuff that you enjoy versus giving all of yourself to other people and other things. Uh, and there is a distinct difference. And, and actually to kind of segue, uh, but, but stay relevant, as I'm uh, uh, interviewing new candidates for my own relationship positions, the number one quality I've been noticing these days is, is she cool by herself? And there's a few different ways that I can measure that. One is when we're spending time together, like maybe we have a slumber party and I leave her like, let's, let's say my villa has an inside and an outside. If she's inside and I feel like going outside, is she going to say, where are you going? What are you doing? Can I go with you? And, th and that's a big negative. Yeah. And, and then also if we're not together, um, over text, is she saying, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, uh, it's a clinginess. And, and, and that is to me these days, and, and previously, I have found some level of clinginess attractive, but right now, clinginess is the least attractive thing. And um, there's a couple candidates that are not clingy at all, and I find myself gravitating towards them far more. Well, the whole what are you doing text, I think that's just a way to start conversation and keep things going. Depending on, like, I mean, how far you're into the relationship, I guess. But I feel like for the most part, like, if you're just meeting each other, hey, what, what are you doing? Like, what are you up to? Just so they can say, oh, cool, I'm doing this. But, I mean, the the quality you were talking about where they're not going to say, oh, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? And people that are just like, okay, doing their own thing while you're also, also there. Like, that's that's a great quality to have. Just being able to be comfortable being with each other, regardless if we're doing things together. We're just comfortable being in each other's presence. Having awkward silences with people that aren't awkward like that's when you know you're with someone that you're just like comfortable being around. Totally agree. Totally agree. And this is also a little bit of a tangent, but it just, I, I like it. The, what are you doing text? I, I think you are correct. I think that is just an attempt to start the conversation. However, it makes me think of, I studied social skills, some content online and stuff. And I think this is generally true. Anything you do, any, any interaction you make, including text, especially text in this example, it's an opportunity to give value or take value. And when you just say something like, what are you doing? It's inherently boring and that can turn people off and, and it is turning me off. And I know I've turned girls off when I've sent similar texts because basically what you're saying is I'm bored, entertain me. Whereas you could do the same exact thing, but the opposite. Instead of saying, what are you doing? You could just say, this is what I'm doing and include a picture or a funny story or something. And that way you're not asking for anything. You're just giving something. And that's more attractive by far. So, so the same girls I'm talking about, 
when they say, what are you doing? It feels like, oh, she wants something from me. Whereas if she just sent me a picture of a sunset and she said, this is what I'm doing. There's nothing, there's nothing required of me, but it's something that I can respond to. Yeah. Uh, are you seeing my point here? Yeah, 100%. Like that's, um, fuck, I had something really good to say. And then I kind of drifted off a bit, not drifted off, but like was listening to you and fell off my point. And that's really going to bug me. I ranted too hard. No, 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 no. It wasn't you. It's me. It's the weed. It's the wine. That's all it is. Um, but I like you're so right when you say like it's not bringing anything to the conversation, and you're just looking for something to keep it going. Like it's not. Oh, this is what I'm doing. Like you're not making yourself more interesting. You're just trying to. It's filler almost, and that's what makes it unattractive. Yes. And it's it's one of those things where you can look at and point to and be like, if you were so comfortable with me, you wouldn't need to add filler. It would just come naturally. And these people are adding filler. Yes. And it goes back to this. Um, so I, I was also I've been thinking about this a lot lately because this is a part of my daily life right now. This quality in particular, and I, it's not. I, I've done this in the past, and and I do it sometimes still too. But it's something that I think is is valuable to identify. So when you're with someone, right? Are you secure in yourself enough to give space? And the the least attractive candidates I'm talking about. I get this feeling that I could hurt them so easily, like they're so fragile because they just want something from me so much. And if I don't give that to them, it's going to hurt them. And what that gives me is a fear because I don't want to hurt anyone. No. So, so for example, let's say we're laying together watching Netflix or something and, and she's, you know, really clinging and cuddling hard. And, and I want to be like, Hey, it's too hot. Give me space. I can almost feel that that would hurt her feelings. And that's just. That is the opposite of what I want. I don't want to take care of anyone. Yeah, because something that insignificant shouldn't bother somebody. Yes, yes. It, you know, you're just you're being honest, saying, "Hey, I'm really warm. I'm gonna start sweating soon and become a pig. Do you mind backing off for a bit?" That shouldn't be like a. Does he not want to be close to me? Is it? Is it? Is it me? Right. But the same the same point travels all the way up and, and it does become a continuum. And this is where I'll reel it back in again. This does travel all the way up to not responding to a text for 24 or 48 hours. Yep. And you could say, yeah, like, oh, what, what level of, and this is, this is compromise. What level of give and take are you personally comfortable with? And for me, I could exhibit the same qualities if I'm interested in a girl and, and then she doesn't respond to my text for two days. She could piss me off that way too. So I guess I am making a point about something that's unattractive to me right now, but but it is it is always a balance and it always does depend on the person. So so I guess the overarching point would be that you've got to find somebody with similar levels of clinginess and comfort with that as you uh, for best results. I think it just comes down to people being super selfish. So like, for example, like there was someone I was talking to and if I didn't speak to them throughout the weekend because I was busy and just didn't really want to talk i'd get like a hey like what was up this weekend why didn't you why didn't you text me and it's like oh i was just i didn't think of it was it being like a thing where like i had to text you every day or like i didn't feel the need or want to text you really i mean that's all it comes down to but at the same time me personally like oh well i mean she didn't really talk to me today or she didn't talk to me the other day is she mad i think we're all just super self-centered and selfish and it just depends on the way you twist it in your own head like, are you accepting of that fact? Does that make sense? Or am I kind of just rambling off about a million different things? No, that's an excellent point. Because, I mean, I mean, how many times have you been in that situation where you're like, oh, I'm texting this girl, we're cool, and you'll text her if she doesn't text you back. If she texts you back the next day, you're instantly wondering, okay, what was she doing? Who was she fucking? Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what did I do wrong? But at the same time, you'll be busy. You'll be doing things, not having time to text her back. And then she's wondering the same thing. What's he doing? Who's he fucking? And it just comes to the point where you just got to realize you're both selfish. You both want these things when you want it and you don't want them when you don't want it. That, that's a really excellent point. And it comes back to something that I was – actually, I think we've discussed this before. It's the theory that in any relationship, one person is always going to feel a little bit more secure and one person's always going to feel a little bit more insecure. So when a girl's acting like that to me, I basically know I've got her. Yep. 100%. So I don't need 
those things, whereas she does because she's insecure. And the the flip side is that I've been on the other side of that. So and that is when I do exhibit those qualities and I try my hardest to rein it back in. But still, it's a continuum. And if you're the one that feels insecure, it's really difficult to not exhibit those qualities. Yeah. And I also think that like, if, for example, like if someone's texting you a lot, and they're being clingy, their goal is to let you know that they want you to text them more and be more available. But all it's doing is reinforcing what they're trying to stop, right? Exactly. So it's like, okay, they want more of this, but they want more of this because they're really into me. So I don't really need to give more of that. Exactly. And just a specific example, this one person that I'm, I'm thinking about a lot right now, she'll text me way more than I want. And there was one day when she didn't text me at all. And I actually felt myself getting a little bit more interested. And I, I thought to myself, like, I hope she doesn't text me because... That would actually achieve what she's looking for. If she doesn't text me all day, I probably will text her first because it's not a situation where I don't like her. It's just she's a little bit too much. But but if she gave me the space that I'm wanting, I would come back to her. So it's tough, man. It's, it's a the, these types of situations, I guess, especially in a new relationship, once you're more established and everything like that, hopefully it would go away. But but then again, does it ever go away? Well, it all depends on the kind of person you are again, because like if you truly care about the person and they're texting you, you, you want to text them back. Obviously, there's times where you're like, oh, I don't feel like talking right now, but you still do because that's like that's your person, you know. So, I mean, I think it does go away if you're in the right situation. Probably. Yeah. And and like I was discussing earlier, there are ways to improve your own social skills where you can get better results, too. Um, but some people don't want, don't even care to improve their social skills. In that case, then that's like somebody who's going to jujitsu but doesn't care to put in the work. It's like they're just going to say they showed up. Yeah, that's your choice, but you're gonna get tapped out more often. So yeah, it's an interesting topic. It's pretty juicy. No, it is juicy. I mean, I, before we started recording, I was like, oh, what are we gonna talk about? We mean Kyle got to catch up first, but we kind of just jumped right in. That was that was good stuff. Yeah. And, um, okay. So I, I've mentioned this stuff a few times, like the, the, the social skills studying and stuff. There's some guys I like on YouTube and, and they do talk about dating and relationships. And one guy I'm remembering now, he was saying, you never stop, even if you're in a relationship. Okay. So he's talking about being attractive, like attracting someone. And his, his point was that even when you're in a relationship, you don't get to just stop. You don't get to just say, okay, I'm comfortable now. She likes me because that's not really how it works. You still need to be attractive. Yep. And I'm not talking about in some gamey way where you're playing tricks on her or something. It's just, you still, attraction fades, right? And, and if you just become some boring version of yourself, you will be less attractive and, and she may leave you. And, th and this comes down to the things we've, we've talked about prior is where I feel like almost when you're in a relationship, you need to work harder to, like, to keep that attraction. Because we've talked about the chemicals in your brain where you meet someone else. This is someone new. This is the love of my life. Not this person. I made a mistake. Then they go to that person. They're with them for a while. They meet someone else new. New brain chemicals come flushing through their head and they say, okay, no, this is the person. I was just wrong. And it's like these people just stop trying – to woo this person because they think they already have them. Yeah. And that's, I've been guilty uh, that's of the that. I've been of a bad relationship. Of that 100%. Yeah. And um, there is a point to be made here about infidelity or cheating. And, and some people might say, well, my partner would never cheat. And you might be wrong or, or you might be right. But even if you're right, if you're not attractive anymore, even if they're not cheating, they're still just less interested in you. And they may be thinking about the possibility of what would life be like if I was with somebody else. So for me, if I was in that type of situation, even if she wasn't cheating, I would still like, oh shit, maybe she wants to like that, that even that fear would probably be almost as bad. Yeah. And you see it a lot. Like you'll see, like, I'm sure there are people from your graduating class that were very attractive, right? They get married, they're with this person, and then you see them on social media 
a few years later and they're fucking 400 pounds and the other person is there with a fake smile on their face because they stopped trying and stopped caring because they were like, okay, I've got what I wanted and it's not going anywhere. Yep. You know, like you see it so often. Yep. And that's, uh, that's the comfort versus growth paradigm we started talking about. This is that person decided they were comfortable and they just kind of, in a way, they kind of gave up. It's so easy to get into that comfortable zone, though. And I feel like most of the population doesn't understand, myself included, all right? I'm not calling anybody out, myself included, where they get to that comfortable zone and they feel like, oh, I, I don't need to do, I don't need to really work hard. Like, I, I got everything I wanted. But that thing you have that you wanted can very easily just get up and go get something else that's trying hard still. And hey, this is one of the first things we talked about. That movie, Blue Valentine. 100%. Yep. Yeah. And this is also, in yeah, in kind of the same way, this is one of the biggest paradoxes in life. You, you really, that doesn't exist, I think. That point where you're just done. Um, let's say you're working out and eating healthy and you get to your goal weight. It doesn't end there. You can't just stop. No, it has to become a lifestyle. Like, if you want that, you have to want that forever in order to maintain it. Because yeah, me and you are the same type of guy where we fall in and out of diets or working out consistently. Like, we both want it at this moment. But when we get to there, we're like, okay, I can sit back and be a little more lax. Like, I'm good now. But you're not – you're good now, but it fades so quickly almost instantaneously and and that's what's seriously that's what's really sad because deep down i do want comfort i deep down i would love to just get to a point where i'm comfortable with myself physically and emotionally and whoever i'm with and just relax but in my experience and listening to the people that i respect that doesn't really exist it doesn't really end you always have to kind of keep going it sucks, but I think that's reality. It does suck, but like, even though we're saying it sucks because you have to keep going, keep working, keep doing this, but like, you feel so much better as a person when you do keep going. True. Even though that feeling might fade because it becomes a normal part of your life, but at the end of the day, you'll be able to look back and say, hey, I was doing what I had to do to be my best self. Even if it sucks in the moment, you'll be happy about it overall. And I think that's something that gets lost on people being happy in the moment and being happy overall with what you're doing and i personally get caught up in being happy in the moment okay i lost weight i'm doing this maybe i should celebrate all right i haven't been drinking like at all maybe i should drink tonight and then it turns into oh let me drink tomorrow night too because this is a special occasion you have to just be happy with what you're doing overall not in the moment yeah it's important being happy in the moment because you need to recognize these goals that you're hitting. But if you just focus on that small sliver of those goals that you're achieving that day and not really focusing on what you're doing overall, you're not going to be happy overall. And also recognizing the difference between happiness and at the risk of over repeating the word comfort, because on a micro scale, there's days when I just don't want to go to the gym at all and I choose comfort, I say, well, it wouldn't, and in my brain, I might say it, it makes me happier to not go to the gym, but I don't think I've ever been correct. No, honestly, if, in, if, if there are, okay, yeah. so there are days you wake up, you don't want to go to the gym and then you don't go. What are you thinking about all day? How you could have went to the gym. There was literally no excuse for you not to go. Right. You should have went, but on the days you wake up and you don't want to go and then you do go. How good do you feel for going? Right. And that for me is is kind of the truest happiness I've felt is when I do do those things that I probably didn't want to do in the moment, but I did them because I, I kind of knew they were the right things to, to put my to put the boat of my life on the right course. When when I've truly felt that I've been doing the correct things to be on the right course, that happiness I feel as a result of being satisfied with my decisions Probably that is the truest happiness I've felt. Honestly, like I've found a direct correlation between me going to jujitsu consistently and my happiness. Right now, I'm at a time where I don't feel like that motivated to go. But even if I go two, three times a week, I'm like, 
oh man, like I'm so glad I went. Can't wait to go again. It's a direct correlation. So hypothetically, if you're choosing a comfortable situation that doesn't allow you to go to jujitsu three or four times a week, is that going to be good for Chris? Let me be clear and say that situation that's making me feel comfortable has nothing to do with my going to jujitsu. Are you sure? At at the moment, it doesn't. It will in the future. Okay. But at the moment, it doesn't. Okay. It 100% will in the future. I'm not going to try to kid myself and say this is something, oh, this is it. I, I described it as them being on parole earlier. You got to be on your best behavior. Well, I got to sign off in a moment, but the takeaway that I'm kind of realizing for myself, and maybe it's helpful for other people, is that short and long term, you probably have some idea, hopefully you have some idea of the types of things that make you happy in the way we're talking about. And the best shot at long term happiness would probably be aligning your short and long term behaviors in a way that you're going to allow yourself to keep doing those things and hopefully finding new things too. And on the on the flip side, don't inhibit yourself from doing those things. Yeah. And that's what I say you should look for in relationships is finding someone that's not going to change your life necessarily, but someone you can comfortably coexist with. Someone Agreed. You, you have to have similar goals. You have to, you know, understand that you're not always going to agree with what that person's doing, but if it's something they really have their heart set on and you really care about that person that much, you have to let them do it and you have to accept them for that. Well said. I completely agree. Well, uh, yeah, uh, speaking of, I, I got to go to the gym. Hell yeah. What are you hitting today? Today is bench day. Bench day. All right. What are you doing? Tree fitty? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, 375, 400, something like that. Yeah, you know, that's what we'll do. Since you don't post much on Instagram or anything, we're just going to tell people you lift a lot of weight. So, Kyle, best of luck with your your goal today, which is 500 pounds on the bench. Well, that looks like a perfect time to end it. So, uh, cutting it here. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to episode 10 or 11. Or 12. I don't fucking know. It's 12. Chris is just dumb. But if you like what we're doing, download the episodes because that helps us out a shit ton. And leave a review on iTunes or Spotify because we like seeing five stars. We like seeing funny comments. So if you have something funny to say, we'll read them out. Love you. Chris's life being bound to love.